Chapter 32 Long have I trodden the stage of life in masquerade, and I may call myself doubly happy in the spiritual rewards of virtue and the temporal indulgences of the opposite side. Between ourselves, mine is the system of all mankind in the long run. Real virtue is a very expensive article. Plated goods look just as well and are within the reach of all purchasers. Alain René Lesage, Adventures of Gilles Blas. 1715. It's a rainy Saturday afternoon in early May when a car door slams outside. I am spreading butter across slabs of toast when Babette enters the kitchen flushed with excitement. Her wig wilts from moisture and water drips on the linoleum. Rose, Rose, at mass today, a priest informed us about a film just now released. It is very wicked and portrays the Catholic Church in quite a negative light. Have you heard of this? It is called Chocolat. I shake my head and crunch into a browned slice of bread. Anyhow, she continues, we were informed that everyone should discourage their friends and families from viewing such rubbish. Afterward, I discussed this news with the old biddies, and we all agreed it is so unfair how the secular media portrays Catholicism, an absolute social disgrace. You can perhaps guess my agenda this afternoon, if you are free. So, should I check matinee times? I ask, reaching for a newspaper on the counter. Yes, I will invite a colleague of mine named Alice, who might enjoy it as well. She is very nice, from the mathematics department. You will like her, I am sure. I flip through pages in the entertainment section while Babette dials the telephone. About an hour later, the doorbell rings. I find a middle-aged woman with wavy gray hair on the doorstep. She nods at me and smiles. You must be Ross, then. Bobby speaks of you often. I step back and allow her inside. Yeah, that's me. Chauffeur, cook, and housekeeper to the finest local history professors. Specializing in hospital breakouts. I don't know how it'll all fit on my resume. Alice laughs. Well, I understand you've been a great help. Bobby can be difficult, but I know she appreciates everything. Babette bustles past me and embraces her friend. What is this? I overheard an avalanche of lies and calumnies concerning my character. What a disgrace after all these years. Anyhow, come back to the kitchen for a moment. We have time. Would you like some tea? The kettle is already hot. Isn't mint your favorite? Alice nods and we follow Babette, who furiously ransacks the tea cupboard. She fills three mugs with steaming water. I select black chai. What is this film about? Alice asks me. Bobby would say nothing except her church completely disapproves. That was enough enticement for me, but have you read a review or anything? There was one I found. It's set in rural France during the 1950s and about a woman who makes chocolate that has some kind of supernatural effect on her whole village. This distracts people from focusing on spiritual matters, so local Catholic authorities shut her down. It got a lot of stars. Sounds good then. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Alice accepts a pungent cup emblazoned with Canadian National Railroad logos. So, how's the history department these days? Babette rolls her eyes. You know how it is. I avoid my supervisors whenever possible, but the students are still a joy. What about over in mathematics? Just last week I heard some rumors. The two professors gossip until every drop of tea is gone. Then we scramble outside between raindrops and climb into the Toyota, Babette taking shotgun and Alice in the back seat. I drive east on Woodstock, take a left on 82nd, and soon reach the Century Eastport Cinema Complex. 
Babette pays for all three tickets. Together we step into a dim theater, less than half filled. It's still early. After several minutes, while advertisements scroll across the big screen, my professor stirs. Excuse me, I must use the lavatory. You two troublemakers behave yourselves. She gets up and heads toward an illuminated exit sign. Alice laughs. Oh, Bobby, stop. A couple behind us crunch popcorn and giggle. Once Babette is out of earshot, I turn curiously. So, do you mind if I ask a few questions? You've worked with Babette for some time, right? Did you know her as Albert? Alice exhales deeply. Well, that's a little complicated. I've taught at the school for over 20 years, and always knew Albert Ellsworth casually. Of course, everyone knew him. He was one of the original professors hired when Portland Community College opened. An intimidating mind. That memory of hers is still astonishing. But we were never close. You see, Albert was the sort of man who loved shocking people, especially women. He would explain obscure parts of world history and revel in each lewd detail. Albert enjoyed discussing grand intellectual theory with complete eloquence, but then simplifying it all down to some perverted quip. Many people appreciated this, but I found it, well, creepy. What changed for you? It was the sex reassignment. As simple as that. Why, just last week, Bobby cornered me and began talking about a book she was reading on the Hanseatic League, and then somehow segued into a joke about two traveling salesmen and a blow-up dolly. Now, years ago, from a male professor, I found that sort of thing in complete bad taste. But when an elderly woman spat out the punchline, it became hilarious. God, I can imagine. Alice chuckles. Exactly. Oh, no one enjoyed making people uncomfortable more than him. A colleague told me he first heard about everything when Albert burst into his office and proclaimed, I am going to become a woman. The surgery is planned. I shall live as a lesbian. Nothing subtle about that character. Oh, but she isn't as sly as she thinks. Recently, we talked at school and somehow the conversation turned to Hitler. She let slip some coy remark, then tried covering it up. I just laughed at her. I said, Bobby, you don't fool anybody. We all know you're a dirty Nazi. Of course, she pretended being so offended by that. How did people react? I mean, on campus, with the transition. Well, that happened in 1994. In some ways, it's quite sad. I think Bobby expected many old friends wouldn't accept a new identity and turned against them preemptively. I know several, and it's still a hurtful subject. She didn't give them a chance, just cut people out of her life. Albert always possessed a vindictive streak against rivals. That wasn't new. But when Bobby struck out at those closest to her, well, it was just cruel. Tragic, even. I can't speak for her full experience, but as far as I'm aware, it all happened without incident. She founded a queer activity group that had the full support of staff, and her students always adored her, no matter what gender. Anyhow, over the last few years, Bobby has shown more interest in me personally. I enjoy our times together, but always keep my guard up, if you understand. It's hard knowing exactly where one stands with her at any given time. She speaks highly of you, that's why I'm being so blunt here. This isn't original advice, I'm sure, but be careful. Thanks, I appreciate it. Just then, the overhead lights lower, and Babette's bulky silhouette lurches up the aisle toward us, backlit by the glowing screen. She sits down and settles back. We hush as the previews begin.